From Bumble Australia and Shameless Media, this is Love Etc. When my love takes me home, it's one of five in a 30 mile zone. like to date when you're someone's secret, when you're sometimes seen as an object of fetishization. Welcome to Love Etc. We're your hosts, Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, you're listening to Love Etc., a podcast by Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move. Today, we're talking to a pretty impressive young woman by the name of Hannah Moorhead. We'll let Hannah introduce herself. My name is Hannah. I'm 21 years old. I'm a trans woman. Been on hormones for three years now. Uh, just did surgery, which is exciting. I'm studying medicine. I'm going into a degree of neurology. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> I'll be, if you ever have a brain problem, probably don't come to me. No, yeah, yeah, one day, one day I'll be able to chop your head up. <laughs> Here's the thing about dating. Sometimes, often, we only talk about it through the one lens. Girl meets her crush. Girl dates her crush. Girl falls in love with her crush. But what if your narrative isn't that straightforward? What if you first had to navigate who you actually are before you could truly know what you want in a partner? Hannah's relationship with love and dating has been a complex one. So we're starting from the very top. What were you like as a kid? Oh, that's it. I was I was very matter of fact, my mum always says. Like I like everything it was a negotiation. It's like getting into the bathroom, I'd be like, okay, we're gonna have a bath, but we need to do it this way. <laughs> and we'll discuss terms and <laughs> we'll figure it all out. And I was not emotional in any way, apparently. Really? So, yeah. I was just a dead serious kid. So you didn't get upset or like, I'm hyper emotional. Yeah. (laughs) I have two sisters and they would fight all the time and I would just sit and watch. My parents would be like, all right, Hannah, what happened? (laughs) And I'd be like, oh yeah, so this, they said this and they said this. Oh wow. Has that changed over the years? Well, I mean, estrogen. Estrogen has really changed it. Yeah. Yeah. And do you reckon it's just the estrogen though or it's like you being able to come to terms with a whole lot of things and being able to come into your own more that you feel more comfortable expressing yourself how you want? that, That too. And a lot of emotional stress over the past few years definitely I mean I wasn't the most emotionally intelligent and now I've had to learn the fast way so was there a moment when you're a kid when Mm. you're an adolescent when you thought I think I'm in the wrong body yeah uh, six years old I say is the story yeah I was watching cheaper by the dozen two and there's (laughs) a great movie great childhood movie but there's a there's a female character who's very sporty and I was like we don't need to stay in like gender roles and I remember thinking to myself the perfect person is my person personality but female which, really yeah i mean in retrospect it's kind of arrogant but <laughs> Not at yeah. all. did you um articulate that to anybody no kept it to myself kept it very quiet till i was about 14 so. and what happened at 14 14 i found my first partner who was a lovely young lady and we dated for four years which was great. That's a long, long, long-term yeah, relationship for that age. Yeah. Well, we had the thing to bond over that, you know, I was secretly trans. So that strengthens all relationships. So you told her that? Yeah, I told her about six months into the relationship. And can you walk us through that conversation? Oh, it was terrible. So I was, you know, I was very manly at that age. I had a beard at 14, which is ridiculous. And I was rugby captain. And so, yeah, I was really sporty and manly. And we had this ongoing joke that I like to wear her clothes, 
which isn't very funny, especially in today's day and age. Yeah. But I'd play it up like, oh, yeah, let me wear your netball dresses. It's super hilarious. <laughs> and then eventually we were at her beach house, I think, and I was like, oh, I should wear that dress for fun. And she's like, nah, I don't want you to stretch it. I'm like, no, I think I should. And, she's, and it was like, I really think I should. And then eventually the penny just dropped and we had a very serious conversation. Wow. At 14. And uh, in retrospect, she did amazing. It took her a week to, you know, get her head around the fact that she had a girlfriend now. But So what did she say to you? Oh, it was it was rough. She was like, I, it's like I don't even know you. But then eventually, the, I've, I've probably blocked out most of the negative stuff. Yeah, of course. But eventually she came around and said, well, you're exactly the same person. You're just more honest now. Wow. Is that tricky? I mean... In society, we want to put labels on everything. Yeah. We want to put everyone into boxes, mm. and it's probably a big downfall that we have. Yep. <laughs> is it very confusing as a 14-year-old boy at the time yeah. to think, okay, so I'm in a lesbian relationship. Mm. How are other people going to label this? What does I this look like? I didn't think about it at all. All I wanted was no one to know about it. But because she was, you know, the love of my life at the time, I was like, well, I can tell her. We do everything together. Wow. Yeah. So it, did it change the nature of your relationship? Not at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I've made certain to not change in any way. So I'm still exactly – I'm still me, but I'm just a little more honest. This is a nitty-gritty question, but yeah. w- once you tell her I want to be a woman – yeah. Well, I identify as a woman. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that I want to be, it's that I am. I am a woman. Yeah. Did the sex life change? Did the roles that you played with intimacy change? No. She was – we were 14. So yeah. <laughs> it wasn't exactly the most vibrant sex life. But we we experimented a little bit, but she was a, sort of conservative in that mm. regard. So, no, not much changed. And how long did it take you to want to have that conversation with everyone else? Well, that comes to my second relationship, okay. which is another four-year one. So you wow. Go. You're yeah. a serial monogamist. I am. I was single for 12 hours. <laughs> I broke broke up with the first partner and I had a breakup party, which was hilarious. And I invited 100 people over and I had a giant banner that said, fuck her name. I won't say her name. Oh, no, did it end badly? No, no, it was great. And I had on the banner, I put a little like asterisk. By the way, I still really appreciate you. We did well. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So I had a big party and I invited someone and she came over and said, hey, so I've sort of secretly been in love with you this whole time. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then that night we got together. And how long did it take to have a conversation with her? It was two weeks in. Like, okay. it had to be right away. And she was really gung-ho in the whole LGBT movement. So she was like, all right, we've got to start doing things and telling people. And I personally didn't want to tell anyone. I was terrified and I wanted to keep it to myself. But she was like, yeah, we've got to start hormones and start telling your parents. And So you were 18 at this point? Yes, yeah. I think seven. Yeah, 18, yeah. It was and- end of year 12. Telling your parents at the end of year 12. Oh, it was rough. <laughs> how do you even initiate a conversation? Well, like so I had her on the phone and she was telling her mum at the same time. <laughs> and I sort of, because I really didn't want to tell them, but she was like, you got to do it. You can't just keep hiding your whole life. So yeah. I told mum, hey, by the way, I'm a girl. And she was, she didn't understand what it meant. And she sort of told the family and they didn't really get it for a while. And she thought, at first, she thought maybe I was just a cross dresser or. You know, maybe I was just gay but didn't realise and all those sort of stereotypes. But then eventually, after a lot of long conversations, they got the gist. 
And keep in mind, back in this day, being trans isn't as open as it was now. No, I was going to yeah. say, a lot has changed even in two or three yeah, years with amazing. regards to our conversation. So how did your friends and stuff react, given it was a much quieter, less public conversation? Mm. Well, my friends were great. So I'll, I'll tell you this funny story. It was at schoolies when I told my core group of friends. Oh, wow. And my friend the night before came out as gay. And he knew I was trans. We had so a, you were like, I will up your gay reveal. <laughs> Better story tomorrow. Well, I was the opposite. I was like, I don't, I don't want to tell anyone. And he's like, well, I came out. You have to tell everyone now. I was like, fine. I guess it's sort of like a trade deal. So yeah. I told all them. And they were really supportive. Yeah, they were everyone. I've never received a negative reaction. Really? Yeah. And so your parents, it might have been, I guess, a teething process. Yeah, they had to come to terms with it. It's more confusion than like... Disdain, yeah. Everyone is very confused when I come out. And they're also like, you're so manly. I don't get it. And I was like, yeah, you can be manly and female. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that interesting? I mean, even the terminology I used before, it's like, I want to be a woman. It's probably incorrect. It's like, no, that's what I am, even though my physical appearance might not, or my Mm. genitalia might not mirror that. Well, it's really hard to articulate, like, the core understanding of who you are. Like, I always knew, but... Like, I couldn't tell anyone because it's like, because exactly that, they don't get it. They're like, oh, you want to be a woman, so we'll go do those sort of things. Did that ever affect your mental health growing up as a teenager? Growing up, no. (laughs) I had the best time as a kid. Really? Well, I mean, when you're full of testosterone, everything's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So says the world. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with that ridiculous confidence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what was your relationship with love and dating like in this process? So you had this long-term yep. girlfriend. Was there ever a sense in your mind that, I don't know, this could change anything or? No. I also wasn't that introspective as a kid. I just sort of yeah. took the punches and loved everything. Yeah. So at the time it was incredible. And it was also, as I was saying before, it's this secret that you have. And as a 14-year-old relationship, it's not built on much when you're 14. Mm. But <laughs> you, when you have like this conjoined little thing that you're hiding from the world. It's kind of like us against them. It's like a bonding experience. Just you two share it. Tell us about your grandparents. I can't imagine informing elderly people who might be more conservative about this fact of your life would be an easy thing. Well, that's where the surprise comes in. I always assume based on like prior knowledge what how people are going to react but mm. i've got a very conservative family so my father's side is really christian they go to church every sunday you know we sit around and we do grace at the table and then my mother's side are like artists and gold diggers and <laughs> literally a gold prospector now <laughs> and, and they are like the most carefree they live around the corner down i probably shouldn't say where we are but they live nearby in like this nice sort of it's a progr- very free and progressive yeah. and relaxed yeah, area that we're recording in, yeah. And I got the exact opposite responses that I was expecting, which my theory is the conservative family know that it's an issue, so they think about it more, whereas the carefree family sort of don't care, but they use the wrong names all the time, wrong pronouns, refer to me incorrectly. Really? Yeah, and the conservative family get it right 100% of the time. So it's almost like the conservative family, it was so out of this world to them or something yeah. where they really tried to get it yeah. right, whereas the progressive family was like, cool. It's just a thing. Whatever, yeah. but don't take it yeah, in. Well, that's what. I, that's the only thing I can guess. I'm so amazed. 
amazed. How yeah. did you tell your grandparents? Did you sit them down or did your parents do that? Well, so the conservative, they live up in New South Wales mm. and the my dad drove up a day before I went, sat them down and had a very stern conversation, wow. which apparently went really well and they were really lovely. And then the, the other side, the mother's side, mum went and talked to them and I suppose it probably was less stern of a conversation because it didn't stick. But yeah. Is there any anger around that, the fact that somebody's not trying to make an effort to... Um... It's not so much anger but fear. So I've developed an anxiety disorder over this transition and now whenever people consistently get it wrong, I'm sort of scared to be around them. So I haven't seen those grandparents as much as I would want to in the past few months, but yeah. Has the response from your parents made your love for them grow deeper? Oh, yeah. I love my parents no matter what. So I don't even know if it can get deeper, but we are so close. I'm, I, like, I'm, I mean, it's exactly how you'd want parents to react. Yeah. And I'm just, it's so heartening to know mm-hmm. that even though your dad might be conservative or he's from that conservative background, that he would approach you with open arms with yeah. this as well, well. He isn't conservative. I'll say that now. He's okay. a crazy bastard. But, <laughs> but so. But your love would yeah. grow so much deeper from that, right? Like you would yeah. just feel like these people are so open and it, accepting. You know, it proves no that what. unconditional aspect yeah. that parent and maternal and paternal love should be, right? Yeah. Well, I've, there's a very high suicide rate if mm. we want to get deep again. Yeah. There's a 40% attempted suicide rate with trans people as they transition. And it turns out that directly correlates with how accepting their parents are. So if your parents aren't accepting, it rises to about like 70%. I don't know the exacts. But if your parents are accepting, it's basically zero. So, yeah, it's just it depends on the community you're in of how people treat you and how you treat yourself. Yeah, and I said off mic before that it sounds like you really surrounded yourself with a tribe who yeah. really cares about you and is always accepting you with open arms. I think that's beautiful that you do have these people around because I'm not sure everyone in your situation might have the same. Yeah, I, I I, I see myself as quite a capable person and every time I do something that most normal people wouldn't be able to, like register my own hormones and like regulate that, I feel so bad for the trans people out there who don't have what I have mm. and it's so troubling for them. Mm. So, yeah, if you know a trans person, go give them a pat on the back. Coming up next... Hannah speaks about her scariest dating experience and what she looks for in a man. But first, it's time for a Bumble break. Hi guys, just miss jumping in here to let you know about a really incredible competition that Bumble is running that closes tonight. If you download Bumble, the app, for free today, Friday the 14th of June, you'll go into the running to win the Global Connector B competition and win a role that allows you to travel the world for up to a year, all expenses paid. Yes, unbelievably, you heard that correctly. International travel for a year for free, courtesy of Bumble. The winning applicant will be able to go on dates, make friendships and develop professional connections using Bumble in places like the US, the UK and Canada, creating content and doing research on behalf of the app. Download Bumble Australia today to apply for this once in a lifetime opportunity before the competition closes tonight. Happy swiping guys and good luck. I am curious, how do you explore sexuality and first sexual experiences when you don't really identify with the genitalia that you have? Well, that brings into hormones is Mm. there's a 33%, I think, switch in trans women. Mm. So I always thought I'd be attracted to women, but a year into hormones, that stopped and blew my mind. (laughs) I didn't get it at all. 
So you're no longer attracted no, to men? No, now I'm attracted to men. I didn't know that that was a thing. Is that is that public knowledge? Like, is that something that people know, or is that not, just not a so. conversation that people have? Well, yeah. Well, I, as a medical student, I've researched the shit out of everything. Of course, of course. So yeah, I look into all trans things, and apparently, trans men it doesn't happen. Trans men stay the same sexual orientation, but women have a chance of switching. So estrogen has something to do with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god! And so you had a partner at the time that you yeah. started this hormone therapy, and all of a sudden you're realizing, hang on, I'm not sexually attracted yep. to you. And also, she was realizing, hey, I'm not sexually attracted to you either. Because now you've got the female bits, so yeah. Can I ask what that breakup is like? Is it as is it civil? Are you both just confused? <laughs> it's, it was an, a swell of emotions, and at the time, starting hormones, and I'd moved city recently, so I was really uh, isolated and scared. So it wasn't the most pleasant experience, but we got there in the end. So. When you start learning and you come to this realization that actually I'm attracted to men mm. now, which is must be a very strange thing to get yeah. your head around, did it take you a while to say, okay, I don't really want to enter the dating scene, I don't really want to meet anything, I need to come to terms with what is going on? Well, it's not that cookie cutter. It's okay. so confusing. <laughs> yeah. It took me a whole year to realize. Me and my friends have this ongoing joke that if any of us discovered we were gay, I'd be like, in a sexual experience, you go, oh, I don't hate this. <laughs> That's basically exactly what happened. <laughs> I, I, I had, a, had a night with a man when I was single. Well, not quite single. I think we was the edge of the relationship. Yeah. But, and I was like, wow, this feels so much better. It feels so much more correct. <laughs> really? Yeah. Can you tell us about that night? Uh, yeah. So I was in Japan. It was a drunken night and there was this, it was an old friend who I really enjoyed their company. And then just something happened where it clicked and then we started hooking up and holding hands and walking down the street. Wow. And it just felt so perfect. <laughs> and the next morning or yeah. the day after that, what were you thinking? Did you think, I don't know if this is me oversimplifying it, like, mm. okay, I'm full of clarity now? Yeah, sort of. Not quite full of clarity, but I was like, I want to pursue this further. I'm interested in this sort of side of life. Mm. And were you interested in them or interested in... I was interested in them. At the time, I didn't think it was men. I was like, this is the exception. This, okay. is the, this guy's amazing. He's the one guy. It's not all men. But then over time, I realized it was all men. So, so you break off your relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when we started breaking off that relationship. So it wasn't out of, like, fate or anything. It was just like a disconnect from sexuality, which is strange, yeah. Are you still friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still friends wow. with them. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I do wonder, so you go through hormone therapy. Did you always want to have surgery as well? Because surgery is not something that all trans no, women go through. I I didn't even really want hormones, but like I, I would never go back now. It would be ridiculous going back. It, the changes are incredible. Mm. And surgery sort of came later mainly because I don't like wearing pants with a big old lump in the middle. <laughs> kind of ruins your outfit when you're wearing something <laughs> lovely and there's this thing sticking out. <laughs> Yeah. You're single now? Yeah, yes, yeah, single so now. So how long ago was that night in Japan? Uh, that was two years ago now. Two years ago. Yeah. And in the last two years, have you been dating? Uh, yes, been using the apps proficiently. The, the apps, good. <laughs> and what's that experience been like? Do you feel like when you are meeting new people that you want to have this conversation straight away, that you just want them to get to know you as you? Well, or is it something that you put on the app? And uh, you actually say I'm a trans woman. I don't usually. I've done that in recent because I hate the conversation, but I've had that conversation a thousand times. And still, even in today's day and age where the, it's much more commonplace, no one gets it. <laughs> Can I ask you to what it, that conversation is? Yeah. Like, what would you tell us? Let's say we were about to 
go what? on a date even though we absolutely wouldn't <laughs> you're not interested in me but what would you say to me well it would be like just in passing conversation they make a dick joke for example yeah. and i would then return with my own dick joke <laughs> so it'd be well th- not anymore obviously but back before it'd be like oh i can't think of one off the top of my head but i'll just i usually try and make it fun and interesting and light-hearted yeah. rather than let's get serious real yeah, quick i never i try to avoid all serious chats Did you, <laughs> yeah. which is the opposite of exactly. what you like as a kid. <laughs> did you ever have an experience i know lots of trans women have the experience where they feel unsafe and they have a negative reaction to that yes. news when they share it has that ever happened to you because i can imagine that would be very daunting having that conversation not knowing how this man is going mm. to respond i in i try to avoid it in person is most of the points. So, And is that out of safety concerns? Yeah, yeah. Because I have had one experience. There was a, a bar actually quite near here. And I was uh, I was dressed very nicely, I'll say. <laughs> Probably should, that's not important. But <laughs> I was out and about with friends and there was this one guy and he kept sort of following me around and kept sort of like trying to talk to me individually. And he was like... Uh, you're looking very sexy tonight. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and then I would walk away and he would go, Do you, I can't remember what exactly what he said, but it was really creepy. Mm. And it was at a, a gay bar, a, not quite a gay bar, but a queer bar. So he, he very clearly knew I was trans. And he was like, hey, do you want to come to the bathroom for a bit? And I was like, no, I'm okay staying out here in public. And then eventually he bought me a drink and you can connect the dots there. And yeah, and he tried to get me in his car when I was roofied i'll say drugged out of my mind and yeah my friends had to save me and yeah it's made the predator prey relationship of men and women has really come to light now that i am the prey per se so how does that experience affect you when you're going through a whole heap of other stuff already made me terrified of dating so i'm very cautious now because going from the active sex we'll say to the passive sex where, you know, men are stronger now and men are overpowering. It's so scary. (laughs) So you can really notice that shift in the dating world, that you are almost playing a different role in the relationship. It's so different. Like, rather than approaching people now, people approach me and I have to, like, select who is okay and not okay. And then occasionally some people just keep pursuing even when they shouldn't and stuff like that happens. Do you find as a trans woman that some men treat you like a fetish? That yes. they want to experience it once and then never speak to you again kind of thing? I, I have Not explicitly, but it's been in the back of my mind as a fear the entire time, which is another reason for the surgery. I've been with a lot of men over the past two years, a lot of experiencing that, and I, none of them have really stuck around like the previous relationships. And I think the, the fear is that I am just a you know unique sexual object for them to have mm-hmm. fun with. Going back a little bit, Mm. do you ever get when you initially have these conversations with people that people think it's, I don't know, I know when we talk about sexuality, a lot of people reference it as being a phase. Do people ever talk about A, being trans or Mm. B, the fact that you're interested in men now as a phase? No, I haven't received that, but I'm also incredibly stubborn. So (laughs) I said I was going to be a neurologist when I was like 10 and here I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's maybe more of a personality thing than anything (laughs) else. Isn't that interesting as well that you're studying neurology when so much of what you've gone through is probably really linked to Part of the reason I decided neurology was because I had such a unique brain and I wanted to see what made me different 
compared to other people. Yeah. So I wanted to study, like, there is structural differences between trans women and cis men. So all that's very fascinating to me. Do you think it's a big knowledge gap in society, especially Australian society, that if you're a trans woman, you want to date straight men? I think there's a really big confusion that you either want to date gay men or lesbian women. People are still mm. confusing that. Well, it's, it's difficult because gay men aren't attracted to you. I, my, my roommate... <laughs> it's like, I'm a woman. <laughs> That's not how it works. Well, my roommate, he's a gay man, the loveliest man in the world. <laughs> and I was like, so do you find me attractive? He's like, not at all. You've got breasts and hips. And <laughs> there's no hair on you. I was like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm quite masculine, but I'm not a man. So. Yeah. What are the most um, common stereotypes you're hit with? in the dating scene as a trans woman? Well, as a, as a masculine trans woman, there is everything. There is no common stereotype associated with me. I think I've achieved literally all of them. So, like, there's the, there's the, the feminist warrior where you're like, hey, don't, you know, I, I correct people when they get the pronouns wrong and if they say anything sexist, I'm like, that's not okay. You're not right. And then people immediately lump me in that group of, Oh, this person has transitioned because they love women and they're on the women's oh, side. Also, it's like the political yes. feminist. Like the activist. Yeah, the activist. Yeah. And I'm not at all an activist. Yeah. And then, like, I get, like, the slutty sex object, too, which is the complete opposite to that stereotype. But I'm like, how do you lump me in with both in the same night? Mm. Do you feel like some men want to treat you like a secret? Yes, constantly. That is all of the men so far. Why do you think that is and how does that make you feel? Well, that's awful is the first point, but I think it's more of a society thing because you can't – that's part of the reason why I think none of the relationships have really worked out is because it's like I'm the dirty little secret because they don't want to be seen as gay even though it's not gay, but they're afraid of their friends and family. So they'll see me in private and they'll come over to my house or I'll go to their house and they're like, oh, I'll be like, oh, you want to get some brunch in the morning? Like, no, we shouldn't go out in public. And I was like, oh – what do you think needs to change then? Is it the conversation around, I don't know, the, mm. the assumptions that we've been talking about, about the mm. fact that people assume that people will think they're gay if they're interested yeah. in a trans woman? Do you think for you, in a really personal sense, that's the conversation that needs to change in order for your love life to be easier? Well, it's just clarification because yeah. literally 80% of my life is just clarifying basics, that I am a woman, I was always a woman, it's just how it is which most people just don't understand that basic concept. Like, you're switching is an uncommon thing, mm. which is why I hate the terminology trans, because trans means other side. Yeah, good point. So, like, people just immediately think, oh, you were a man and unhappy, so you switched, where I was very happy as a secret female, and now I'm just more honest. Yeah, now everybody knows me how I've always known myself. Exactly, yeah. So when we introduced you at the start, or you introduced yourself at yeah. the start, and you introduced yourself as a trans woman, yeah. even though you don't necessarily I, love y- the term. Usually I wouldn't do that, but for the really? sake of the podcast. Okay, for audio. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you normally? Oh, just I'm a woman. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just Hannah. Yeah, just Hannah. And also in the podcast, all I can hear is my voice, which is the least feminine part of me. So, yeah. Did anything like that change when you went through hormone therapy? I, I noticed that yeah. your face is very clear. Like, I wouldn't be able to pick that you have any stubble or yeah. any facial hair, really. Did things like that change? So there's everything changes except for three things which is your voice unfortunately testosterone i call it a poison but it deepens your vocal cords and you can't undeepen mm-hmm. whereas trans men do get that uh the other thing that doesn't change is your bones so my hands will always be larger than they should be and that's like my height as well and i've forgotten what the third thing was but mm-hmm. those are the main two what are you looking for in a partner when you i mean you've been in the dating yeah. game for two years now mm-hmm. you've probably seen a lot yeah. <laughs> um, and seen a lot of what you don't want. Mm. What do you want? I want what I had before. <laughs> you know? yeah. 
Well, men maybe the problem might be with just men being, you know, overly confident, cool sex beasts. But (laughs) I just want someone to hang out with, just a best friend that you happen to fuck. Mm. That's all I really want. Mm. And to not be a secret. And to not be a secret, yeah, to be open and public and proud, even though I'm not the most proud person myself. But, yeah. Were you terrified about your first sexual experience after the surgery? Uh, I haven't had one yet. Really? Yeah, it's only been a month now. Oh, the surgery was very recent. Yeah, and I've been in bed for most of that. So, yeah. how, how did you feel immediately after? Did you feel like finally everything mirrored how you were feeling? So incredible. I <laughs> I was just ticking a box and I thought nothing would come of this. It's just, you know, I got to do it because I have to do it. But afterwards, it's incredible. I just put on like tight pants and stood in front of a mirror and smiled. <laughs> it was great. Does it feel like a weight lifted off your shoulders or does it have a, an immediate impact on your mental health or is that me over simple? No, that, that's the first time the simplifying works. It was yeah. immediately like that. I thought it wouldn't. I'm the, always the cynic, but it was just incredible. Like, it just felt like I was a new person. Are you excited to then sleep with men now? Is no, it like a thing for you where you're like, I'm going to feel like the woman that I've always felt like and other people will see that? I'm actually the opposite. Now that I have my own bit, I want to keep it to myself for a while. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, this is not ready for me. Yeah. <laughs> Because now, because I want in a relationship is not is sex second, basically, because I want the friendship first. And yeah. I'm going to withhold it. What do you look for when you're, say, if you're on dating apps, yeah. what are you looking for then? How do you weed out the people where you're like, you'll be open to this yeah. and you'll be a progressive person? Or Well, I always look at the personality of the app. I don't, like, swipe with t- typically attractive men. Yeah. I'm like, you've got a little bit of stubble and a weird haircut and you're smiling in your second photo and you're holding a dog above your head. That's a guy I want to hang out with. <laughs> That's what I look at. Because none of the guys on the dating apps ever have dogs in their photos. <laughs> they all do, Michelle. For someone who's not on the apps, they all have dogs in their photos. My roommate gets mad at me because I'm swiping. I go, oh, look at this border collie. I'll yeah. swipe yes. And he's like, you can't just pick it because of the dog. You took the bait. <laughs> you took the bait. I wanted to end by asking you about your relationship with love. Yeah. Because I imagine that's going to carry you through. I mean, it carries us through all of our experiences, yeah. but particularly the ones that have been um, harder on our minds. Mm. What's your relationship with love and where have you sought the most love from in the last few years? Has it been from your family, from your friends, through those first few girlfriends mm. who really both in different ways yeah. helped you come into your own? Well, the friends at the moment. Because yeah. when you're, you know, 14 to 20, what, 20, I think it was, the relationship, that's so long of just being with a single person and then your sole focus. So I now in the past few years I've been trying to branch out to my friends again and, like, get involved with them and... You know, talk to them openly like I would avoid in the past. Mm. So, mm. Like, and what about your family? Family as well. I've, I'm back after surgery. I'm back in the family home. So they're all great <laughs> and loving. And mum's been doing the dishes and cooking for me, which I've missed in the past three years. <laughs> it's incredible. Also, what the surgery, uh, I'm guessing the recovery period meant that you needed care yeah, from yeah, your yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't walk for two weeks. Really? Yeah. Wow. I can't, I've never even thought of how invasive it would be. <laughs> it would be really bloody invasive and really painful, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, actually wasn't that painful, So, which is weird. A lot of the people I went in with, they had a lot of pain, but mine was completely painless. Well, it's such a bloody sensitive area. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if you're doing anything invasive in there, it Well, would it's be... not because it's not – we're just rearranging, basically. Mm. They're not making any incisions or cutting anything open. They're just putting things where they should be. So, mm, yeah. yeah. Where they always should have been. Where they always should have been. (laughs) 
Is there anything, what would you want to tell people with this conversation? I mean, is there anything else that you would want to clarify or clear up? I know you just said 80% of your life right now is clarifying, <laughs> and I bet you're really fucking tired of it. But is there anything that, I mean, if you can get out on a mass scale right yeah. now to make your life normally yeah. much easier so you don't have to do this all the time, what would you put on record? Just that nothing is different. And all the trans people you meet, your trans daughter or your trans best bud from uni, they're exactly the same person as they were three years ago as they are now. Mm. There is no, we're not changing anything. We're just telling you more. And if there is a straight man listening to this yeah. and he swipes right to someone on mm. a dating app and it turns out that person is trans, yeah. what do you want him to know? Don't fetishize it. <laughs> you, you, treat them as you would any other woman. We're no different. Apart from the fact I've got bigger hands and a deeper voice, I'm no different. <laughs> and my final question, which just popped into my head and yeah. I don't want to miss it, if you had a checklist for the things that you look in a partner, what are you okay. looking for? Uh, that's a very good question. I'll give you mine so that you have something yeah. to go off. My, my top three would be intelligence, yeah. uh, a sense of humour, mm. and compassion for yeah. social issues. I mean, issues. I feel like that would be mine too. What would yours be if you had <laughs> a checklist of three things? First one, you don't have to babysit them. So like yes. <laughs> when you're at like a party or something, they're not just hanging around you with their arm. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were having this conversation in the interview before, <laughs> but like the best quality in time is dropping them in a room and yeah. running away. Exactly. That's great. And sense of humour. I never take anything seriously, so they got to laugh. Yeah. And like, this probably sounds bad, but a low work ethic. <laughs> I want them to sit around and do nothing with me. Just hang out on the couch. That's what I well, need. Well, you'll be a doctor, so I think your financial future is just... Yeah. <laughs> Pretty secure. <laughs> they can do nothing. They can be a trophy husband. Yeah, trophy husband it is. <laughs> Anna, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Love Etc. is a production from Shameless Media. Sign up to Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move towards friendship, professional, and romantic relationships. See you guys next Friday. Oh, 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 oh.